Em, can you believe we are in our third season of Interview Boss? Not really. It's crazy. But that means there are over 90 episodes we've made. (gasps) Oh my God. Scrolling through all of our episode titles, you might miss an episode that actually is exactly what you're looking for. Yes, we get so many messages of people asking us to do an episode on something and we're like, we already have. So we've put together playlists to help you find the episodes that are best suited to you. If you're applying for jobs, we have episodes about resumes, cover letters and job ads. If you've been offered your dream job, we have episodes on resigning, exit interviews and how to impress at your new company. Yes, and we even have a playlist for if you have an interview like tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then. Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast. This is a very interesting conversation to have with your loved ones, your friends. It can be very surprising. Even your colleagues at work, what company would you not work for? Hey everyone and welcome back to Interview Boss. My name's Emma and I'm a radio journalist who's teamed up with my sister to give you advice, inspiration and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah is a HR and recruitment professional and together we're excited to give you all the tips, tricks and behind the scenes knowledge to help you in your career. Hey Em and welcome back everyone. Em, who are we giving a shoot your shot shout out to this week? A big fat shout out goes to Emily. She said, hi, ladies. I wanted to share my experience getting a new job. Thanks to you both. I'd been in a narcissistic boss situation and I was able to interview and leave. I ended up getting an offer for 35K more than I was making and 25K more than the position I accepted was offering. I had a goal of making six figures by 30 and was able to accomplish that with all the tips and coaching through your show. You are goddesses and I wish we could be besties. Emily, we can be besties because that's the nicest thing I've ever read. We are besties. And she also asked how to get her story onto the podcast. Well, there is no real secret anymore. And if you've listened to our earlier episodes, we used to say, hey, please, we reply to all our DMs. We're so good on that. We'll be honest, the volumes have increased. (laughs) We can't get back to every single person straight away anymore. And we kind of pick the best of the best in terms of shout outs. So if you want to be on the pod, you've got to make it a good one. So more incentive for you to shoot your shot. And isn't that freaking amazing? Six figures by 30. What a boss. And just quietly, we didn't make you get six figures. You did that on your own by being a valuable, incredible employee. You're the one who got all the experience, shows up to work every day. But we're happy we could help with some tips. Getting away from a narcissistic boss. How good is that? I don't think we give enough credit for that. That is extremely draining, soul-sucking. And I think that's given me a new perspective and motivation about why we do this. For people stuck in those situations, being good at interviews is literally the way out of something like that. (laughs) Like it is your ticket to get out of there. So it's really bloody important what we do. Now, if you want results like Emily and you need a bit of help or you want a hand turning your experience and making it into really good stories, I do one-on-one coaching with people all around the world to help them do exactly that. You can find all about it at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash coaching. As always, if you liked one of our episodes, used a tip we sent you or want to request an episode specifically on your situation, slide into our DMs. 
So, Em, what are we talking about this week? We are going to be talking about figuring out your values and what to do if your values don't align with your company's values. Yeah, and also how to work out how to use your values in your job search to make sure that you're going to end up somewhere that's not contradicting with the way that you want to live your life. Because when your values aren't in alignment, that can be one of the reasons that you feel unfulfilled, unhappy, you feel like you're stuck, you feel really conflicted coming to work every day. And that's not what we want for you guys. We want those raises and amazing jobs, but we also want you to be actually be happy every day too. Definitely. So in order to figure out your values first, you need to figure out times that you have felt good at work and times that you didn't feel good at work. Yeah. I did a lot of research for this being like, what's an easy way to help people figure out their values. And I don't know about you, Em, but looking at like a list of words, it's just not very helpful for me because I'm like, they just mean nothing. <laughs> like, what are all those words even mean? And I do have a list here and we will link a list if you want some inspiration. But if you go down and think, okay, creativity, curiosity, independence, learning, loyalty. I don't know. Like it's kind of hard to know. They're all nice words. Like none of them are bad. I'm sure we all appreciate all of them in some capacity. So how do you narrow it down? And I think the way to do this in a way that's going to be actually really meaningful is to think about times in your work that things have gone well and you're happy, you have positive emotions. They don't have to be like big promotions and stuff. They can just be like when you felt proud of something, you know, or when you were like, oh, I'm actually enjoying what I'm doing every day. Or the opposite, times where you felt really disengaged, where you weren't happy to come to work, where you were in an environment where you're like, oh, I just don't like this. This is working against my normal tendencies and what I like to be doing. And I think that helps you reflect on, okay, what were those situations? And then you can pick names for those things. Makes sense. Because I think otherwise, if you go from the list, you might ignore something that's actually affected you in the past, but doesn't come up on these lists. Like I saw one person, they talked about some jobs you're focused on solving a problem. So you're looking backwards and trying to fix something. And so when you get rid of it, you're just kind of like going back to normal, like fixing the problem. Whereas he preferred to work in environments where they were working on something new and building something in the future. You would never have come up with that if you looked at a list of words, right? That's a very specific observation from what you've liked and what you haven't liked. What a great piece of self-reflection that was. Yeah. So we're looking at the big picture here. What I think a lot of people do when they think about aligning their values to their careers is that they look at the big picture. And I think this is what comes naturally to people. And I don't think it's necessarily the only way to do things. So we'll go through this, but I think this is the easy part. This is the surface part where you go, oh, what kind of a company do I want to work for? And I actually don't think that that's the whole conversation. Interesting. Let's dive into that a bit more. So in order to sort of work this out, you can think about what companies wouldn't you work for and why? Yeah. Who's on your list? Who would you not work for? Are there any particular? The Daily Mail. Ever. I was literally going to say the Daily Mail. Never. Why? Because the why is more important. Oh, because it's gutted journalism. It's just, I don't agree with the kind of stories they run. To me, it's not authentic telling important stories. It's tabloid culture. It's harmful. They don't fact check. Yeah, it's fake news. It creates panic. It goes against every core ethics that I was taught in journalism. There's also a few radio stations in Australia that I wouldn't work for because of controversial like people that work there and just 
me not wanting to be associated. Because if that's their figurehead of their organisation and they back that person yeah. and their controversial ideas. Totally. They'll back them all the way. And they're not going to care about you who is the bottom feeder who wants to challenge it. If that's their moneymaker, they're going to protect them until all costs. And they're going to align with what they think. I think that goes for leaders as well. Like there's some companies that I wouldn't work for because of their CEO or their founder. Like Look, sorry to all the Tesla lovers, but I just could not work for Elon Musk. Some people might not care about that because they might think, actually, I really love electric vehicles and I care about that more than I care about the leader. But like, I would just be embarrassed of the stuff that he does and the things that he says. Depends. Like everyone's a bit different. This is a very interesting conversation to have with your loved ones, your friends. It can be very surprising. Even your colleagues at work, what company would you not work for? And if there's a company that you wouldn't work for, is there an amount of money or is there an offer that would suddenly change your mind? A lot of people, when I ask them this question, have said, there's nowhere I wouldn't work for the right amount of money. That's okay. Yeah, that just means money is a higher value for them than other people. Yes, and it doesn't mean money for greed purposes either because sometimes the way that that person, you know, they're going to use that money for good in their own small picture life. Like they're not really that bothered about, okay, I have to be the one that changes the world and stops the coal companies just by turning down a job there. I can just look after my family, put my kids in a good school, go on more holidays, have a more peaceful life and look after my kids' health or whatever. If I have that money and I don't really care about the other stuff. Yeah. And on that note, how I said like I wouldn't work for the Daily Mail, I can so understand that as a fresh graduate with no experience and you're desperate to get anything you can, if Daily Mail offers you a job, like some people will be really inclined to take it because just getting that first job is so hard. I still feel the line in the sand for me would be, oh, you know, still would rather be unemployed than do that. (laughs) But I can understand that's not everyone's decision because they want to just get their career started, maybe only stay there for six months and then they leave and get something else. Like you can't judge. Yeah. And that's the thing. I'm not saying I don't like you if you work for Tesla or if you work for a coal company. That's not the point. The point is I couldn't. And that's very different to me judging someone else who makes those decisions. It's just I know that certain things make a difference for me, like tobacco company, I just couldn't. I absolutely couldn't. And part of the reason I've explained this to people actually is because it's kind of my role too. You have to be the face of the business. You have to hire people to come in. I have to stand at the front and run the induction and be like, welcome to the company you've just joined. Here's what we do. And do you know what I mean? Welcome to the company that manufactures cancer-causing sticks. Yeah, like there's a lot I have to take on about that company. And so if you're in a different role, that might be totally different. You might not have to adopt. Yeah, it might be easier to just be a cog in the wheel, someone who punches in data or something, but you fronting up sort of manifests as you really believing in the company. And what is the difference between, you know, running accounts payable for this company versus that company? And maybe that doesn't matter as much to you, but in my role and what I do, I kind of have to adopt the company's views a little bit to a certain extent, which makes it a little bit harder for me. Okay, cool. Well, that's a good start in terms of thinking about the big picture. The next question I want to ask you, if you're listening to this, if I waved a magic wand and offered you a job that completely knocked your socks off. You were so excited. You were absolutely floored. I'm not going to say dream job because that's not kind of what I'm talking about. I'm saying a job that really like blew you away. What would that be and why? 
what are you thinking about? Is it that it's a lot of money? (laughs) Is it that it's a lot of influence? Is it that it's a lot of freedom? Like what is it about that thing that you would be, oh my God, that's so cool. Why? I think that helps you understand big picture what matters to you. What comes to mind for you? Honestly, I don't know. Nothing comes to mind of like something that would really impress me. Come on. What about being full-time podcasters that tour America? I think it'd be freedom. I think it'd be influence or freedom or something like that. It'd be money too, but like there's a lot of things where you could offer me a job with a lot of money and I'd be like, oh, that sounds like a lot of responsibility. (laughs) Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, I'm I'm not that excited about that. What about you? For me, like, I don't know why, but the thing that popped up is like an announcing job in music, like Triple J Hottest 100 or something. That's always what you used to say. Has that changed a little bit though? That feels a little bit less confident now. Yeah, it did because I don't want to move to Sydney. I'm really happy where I live. No, that's literally it. I just don't feel the need to move and make it. For me, as cool as that would be, I don't want to live in Sydney and I'm very happy with my life. So it's sort of just faded a bit. And I already work at a really cool radio station that I love with good opportunities. But yeah, I guess not necessarily Triple J, but I was just picturing like, you know, the music announcing, very chill, like a breakfast shift, lifestyle, you know, interviewing cool musicians, like just that kind of vibe. Not necessarily literally with Triple J, but yeah, that's what came to mind for me. Maybe there's a bit of peace there as well. Yeah, peace, definitely, because news is very tough. Long term, I think you could absolutely burn out because it's just a bit depressing. (laughs) And very stressful. So I think, yeah, a bit of peace, maybe more pleasure. Like I get a lot of joy out of what I do now, but I think that would be pure like every day you'd be like, oh my God, this person's coming on. Like, whereas I'm not really doing that about interviewing my local politician. I'm like, he's just a, he's just a regular (laughs) old white man. (laughs) Yeah, not starstruck. (laughs) So yeah. Hey Em. Who does all of our research, recording, editing, posting, website, email, social media, DMs? Uh, We do. Why do we do all of those things? Because we love it. Yeah, we do. We love helping you guys and hearing from you that we've helped you in your job search in any way absolutely makes our day. But we also have full-time jobs and this is something we do on the side. So there are no strings attached and our podcast is always free wherever you are in the world. But if we've helped you in your job search and you would like to say thanks, you can shout us a virtual coffee. Check out the link in the show notes or visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash interview boss. If you keep us caffeinated, we can keep the content coming. Okay, now we'll let the other Emma and Sarah get back to all the great content. Okay, cool. Well, I think where a lot of people start is this big picture stuff. And it's a great start, don't get me wrong. But they research the company values. And hey, that's a good thing to do. But I'll be honest, have you ever seen a company's values that you've been like, "Mm, I don't like that? No, they're designed to sound amazing and non-cloud nine. Yes, that's what I mean. So like, how far is that really going to get you? You know, I mean, there are companies, the better a company is at actually articulating their values properly about the way that they actually do things, the more likely you might be to see something and go, oh, that's not for me. Like I think, is it Atlassian that has the value, don't F the customer? How good is that, right? <laughs> and so some of theirs might be a little bit more controversial and you'd be like, oh, I don't know if that really resonates with me. But the more generic a company is and the bigger the company is, they're more likely to be generic. You're just like, 
they're all going to be nice. Like you're not going to find something really scary there. So what's a better way to get an accurate representation of their values? Yeah, we'll get to that. We're talking about it. So their mission statement, similar thing. Like, again, I don't think you're going to see a mission statement and find it a turn off. But I think a better way to look at this stuff is to look at interviews with leaders, the whoever the CEO, the senior leaders, all that kind of stuff. That's going to really influence how things are done and what they care about. Look at what they celebrate. Look at the language that that person uses. What are the things that they're saying? Woohoo, we did this thing. Is it innovation that they're constantly talking about? Is it their people that they're celebrating a lot? What is it that they're caring about? Is it shareholder milestones and profits? I don't know. That makes me want to Google interviews of my CEO. (laughs) I don't know if he's done any. Yeah, you should. Even if you're currently in a job, you should absolutely do that. Get on that PR bandwagon and look at what they've done. Read the stuff when it comes out. It helps you understand them a little bit more, even from the inside and what they care about. It's great. There's also things like B Corp. If companies are B Corp registered, it basically means that they exist beyond just making a profit and they have other purposes that they are there to do. And I did a coaching session once with someone who said she was only going to be applying for jobs with B Corp companies. And I was like, okay, cool. I love that. Eat the rich. I do not want a giant (laughs) multi-million dollar company. Show me what other good things you're investing into the world. Totally. Love that. But again, we'll get to why I don't think these big picture things are the only stuff that you should consider. If you want to work for something like Patagonia, where they donated the company to a foundation to only exist to do good in the world, great, go off. And if that stuff's really important to you, amazing. But hear me out for the rest of this episode, because I think there's some other things that you'll want to consider along with this big picture stuff, because I think it's possible to work for a company that does amazing things and to still have a values misalignment. You can check out a company's key stances on key issues, like if they did anything for Black Lives Matter, what do they do around equality? What do they do around the gender pay gap, International Women's Day? Those kind of things, as they come up, I think it's helpful to have a look at what's this company doing. Have they just done a LinkedIn post or are they talking about actual initiatives that they're running? I think a lot of workplaces would be doing nothing. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. And you've got to work out, do I care about that? Do I not care about that? And Or can I correct you? Do I care enough? Do I care the most about that? Because you can care a little bit, but like we said, you can value something else more. Well, I just want a job that pays the bills at the moment. I'm not here trying to save the world. Or you might be in your save the world era and that's fine. Yeah. And that's actually my final point is that you have to pick your battles. I've thought this for a very long time. It is impossible to care the same amount about everything. There are so many causes that you could get behind and that you could put your energy and your efforts into. You can't care the same amount about all of them. You will exhaust yourself. Do you know that that's what I do for a job? Try to care about every single important story and it's very hard. (sighs) Well, and like if you think about it, okay, you want to work for a company that's good for the environment, but are they very good with their gender pay gap? Have they been embroiled in a underpayment scandal? What do they do with their waste? Do they do a lot of plastic and they don't recycle things? Do they manufacture things in countries where they shouldn't? Like there's so many ways to look at it and you might end up with no companies that are meeting all your standards. So you've got to pick your battles. Now, we've talked about the big picture, but as you've said, you can think about the small picture as well. So like you said, the values on the wall or the purpose of the company won't always translate to your day-to-day role. Yes. And this comes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the things that you've been happy about and gave you good emotions and the things that have given you bad emotions. 
most of that stuff doesn't have anything to do with the purpose of the company or the mission or the vision or what you're there to do. Often it has a lot more to do with your manager, your colleagues, the work you're doing, the project, the customers, the way in which you work, the time, the day, the location, the travel, the budget you have, the software you're working with, all that sort of stuff is kind of what tends to have a bigger impact on how you feel about things. So I've got an example. I used to work for an activewear company, essentially, for want of a better term. Really cool company values, very like health focused, all that kind of thing. But actually the job that I was in was probably the least healthy that I've ever been in my life. <laughs> and that's despite the fact that we had gym memberships and that we had healthy food in the office and all of those kinds of things. The job itself was just so much more of an impact on the way that that whole thing went than the company and the values and what it stood for. Because I was so busy that I didn't have time to cook when I got home. And so then I didn't eat, then I didn't bring lunch to work properly, or I wasn't able to go to the gym when it suited me because I was always working. Like that's how there can be, yes, there's alignment with this big picture values. If health is really important to you, but how does that look on your actual day to day? That's a great example. How ironic. Yeah. And like, hey, no hate to the company, but like that was just my experience. Everyone else's there was probably completely different because it depends so much on your individual role and your circumstances. Like I've had jobs where there was a lot of conflict. So you were solving problems and things, but it was like everything was a fight and a battle and like you had to convince people and get something approved. And it just felt like a lot of work in terms of like you fighting and pushing for things. I found that I really don't like that. I don't have the energy for that. Some people just like navigate it really easily and are able to do that sort of stuff. I don't thrive in those environments. I'll get exhausted. And is there any positive examples? Yeah, I have worked out that I don't mind uncertainty and ambiguity as long as I can have an impact on the way things are done. So I don't mind if things are bad now, that's okay as long as I can improve them. But if things are bad and you won't let me improve them, yeah, I'm done. That's a good one. You know what I mean? Like I'm happy for everything to be chaos at the moment as long as I can improve it. Interesting. I'm finding it hard to think of examples for me. You have to reflect. This is a lot of thinking. Yeah. And if you're out there listening, that's the hard part of this. You have to think about those moments where you've been like, oh, I had a bad day. Why? Why was it a bad day? And I think for you, Em, you value peace a lot, actually. Yeah. And so if you were to go into a role that was like purely reporting on conflicts, like a war reporter or something like that, that would be your like your nightmare. Yes, yes. The days for me that are chaos, on the days where there's been seven breaking stories, there's a house on fire, there's a three-truck crash, it's the election, there's pledges, the phone hasn't stopped ringing, the scanner's on. Like I come home and I'm like, oh my God, like I could not cope with today. So I think you're right. I appreciate being able to have days where I'm still challenged but it's not pure chaos and I don't have that stress feeling in my body. Where it's achievable. Yeah, achievable. But I also love the purpose element of my job. I love that it helps people. People rely on me. We've had that many weather events this year and floods and people will call me up and even though it's a bit time consuming, they'll be like, I work in the Southern Highlands and I need to get to Bulleye for work. What way do I go? Because all the roads are closed. And I'm like, oh, hang on. And I'm so busy, but I'm like, I'll have a look for you. And I, you know, have a look or like 
an old lady will ring me up wondering about something really random and I'll be like, oh, I'm not sure, but let me look that up for you. And, you know, I give her the phone number of council or something. And let me join the dots for you. You can survive a chaotic environment as long as you have that connection to the purpose of what you're doing is you're doing good. And imagine if you were in a different role where you had the chaos, but you weren't doing good. And maybe it was like, you were reporting on elections, which I'm sure are very chaotic, but you're like, what am I really doing here? Like reporting on politics maybe isn't enough for you to have a difference in people's lives. Again, other people might think differently. It's the big issues and whatever. But I think for you, it's like, who am I impacting? Yeah. My colleague Blair and I often talk about this because we have different interests within news. We obviously cover all of it and you've got to cover things, even if it's outside your interest. But he really likes politics and sports and I like community stuff and really weird stories like someone's hiking a mountain to raise money for cancer or something. I'm on the phone to them. I'm like, tell me. Or like good people doing good things. Sewing the world's biggest quilt to raise money for something. Yeah. Yes, literally. Like weird niche community stories or fights for sort of social justice. Like, you know, a community group's got together to fight this development application that they say is going to take away the beauty. Like I'm all about the people power. And so I think the difference is on those chaotic days, it's harder for me to sort of have that feedback because I'm so busy. I'm not really getting to talk to people or hear how it's landing. But on maybe the quieter days, I've got more time and I can talk to listeners and or if you move to like a global, like a role where you were looking at things on a bigger scale, you might lose some of that connection and you might feel that, hold on, my values aren't aligning. Again, this is why you have to think about the day to day. What do you like? What do you not like? When's a good day? When's a bad day? Because otherwise you might have picked out of a list transparency or like honesty or integrity or something in terms of journalism. You've got that in both of those roles. The difference is some of those little nuances of like that connection to community. So that might be one of your values now that you think about in terms of making future decisions. So this is hard for us to like guide our listeners through doing this for themselves. There is no shortcut. You're going to have to go through this, guys. Like thinking is the answer. Spend some time. Get someone in that knows you well, like Sarah just did to sort of prompt and give insights, like someone that you always talk to about your day. I have a bit of a knack for that. I don't know how you describe what it is that I just did, but I do that for people in our one-on-one sessions. And I don't know how to explain that, but I've always had that ability to be like, ah, yeah, what you mean is X, Y, Z. And they're like, oh my God, you get it. You're a mind reader. I don't know. Just connecting the dots. So the small picture matters sort of a lot more than the big picture because you're right. If I think about my company, I don't really know their stance on world issues slash we don't really have like that's not what impacts me more. It's actually your day to day, how things go. Your boss, your colleagues. Yep. And like for me, a lot of my decisions more recently have been made about, you know, who do I want to learn from? Who do I want to work with? And I want to be aligned with them on the way they think about things. So how do they think about employee compensation, for example? How do they think about performance management? Us being on the same page about that is more important to me now because not so much when you're a coordinator and you're kind of working your way up, but when you're at that level where you're like, actually, I like to do things this way, you want your manager and your boss to be aligned with that. And that's how I think, again, you could be working for this company that inspires the hell out of you that you're so proud to work for, but you've got a boss that you don't align with. Your colleagues like to do things in ways that doesn't resonate with you. And they like routine and doing the same thing every day. And you like variety and adventure. You're going to be miserable, even though the company's really cool. 
Definitely. So how can you check all of this in the job search? This is where we make this practical because I find that when you're doing all this values work, okay, what do you want me to do with this information, Sarah? What do I do with this? Look for hints in the ad and in the way the company talks about themselves. Lots of companies are bad at this. The ads are terrible. But sometimes if it's well written, they might talk to you about, you know, the project that you're working on and the ability to start something from scratch. And you're like, oh, cool. Okay. That relates to what the stuff that I normally like to do. They might talk about the manager and how they really like developing people. I don't know. Kind of look for those hints in what you're actually reading in the ad. You can also ask about how their values look in terms of behavior. And if you're curious about their actual company values, use that in a question. Say, Can you give me an example? Yeah. Well, that's actually what I would say in the question at the end. I would say, so I really like your company value about do the right thing. I'd love to hear what does that actually look like on a day-to-day basis? Could you give me an example of times where you've shown that value as a company? Cool. Okay. Now you're going to get some real examples. You're being like, give me the evidence. It's nice to have this flashy mission statement, but exactly. You're flipping the tables. That's what they've been doing to you the whole interview. Get them to do that back. And also use some of your values as questions. So maybe for me, I could be like, look, I really appreciate being connected to the community. That's what drives me and makes me passionate about telling people's stories. Is there much room for that in this job or am I a cog in the wheel just slamming out stories? Yes, 100%. And you know how we always say with the questions, everyone's like, what's the best question to ask at the end? The one you want to know the most. <laughs> yes, there is no right answer to that question. And someone who's like, this is the best question to ask in an interview. That's just crap. Ask questions that you actually want to know the answer to. And people struggle with that because they're like, I don't know. I don't want to know anything. Values. Think. <laughs> ask about your values. Ask about, hey, I've really liked it when X, Y, Z. Is that the case in this role? I was talking to someone the other day who said that their first round interview and the manager didn't seem to like them very much. And I was like, well, do you want to work for her? (laughs) Like, Mm. don't you want to work for a manager who likes you? Yeah. Gross. Maybe that's not a good job. You know, (laughs) like we get so hung up on trying to get the job that we stop to think about. We sometimes don't stop to think about, do I want this? Does this align with me? The other great idea I had You know, we talk about coffee chats. We have a whole episode about that. Do a coffee chat with someone who's left that company. Do you know how honest I would be about all the companies that I've left? And like not bad honest, like true honest, like just, hey, if you like X, Y, Z, that'll work well, like this place. If you don't, then it won't. Yeah. Reach out, like absolutely do that. Hey, I noticed that you used to work. How do you find someone who used to work somewhere? LinkedIn. No, how? What do you mean how? I don't know. I'm just wondering. Might not show on their profile anymore. (laughs) No, definitely. It does show on their profile. You search for that company, you can filter by past and reach out to someone who used to work there. Boom. There you have it. There is our how-to guide on figuring out your values and using this in terms of the job search to find a company that suits your needs. Yes. Thanks so much for listening to Interview Boss. If you like hearing the sound of our voices, hit that follow button in Apple or Spotify. Or better yet, tell someone else about the show. That's how we can hit the charts so we can help even more people. For more advice, inspiration and a supportive community, check us out on Instagram at Interview Boss. 